Hi, I'm Victor Milligan. And I'm Jennifer Isabella. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market, influencing executive priorities. And here with us today on the phone is John Paget, Chief Experience Innovation Officer of Carnival Corporation. Welcome, John. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, John, can you describe the new connected experience that will be available to guests in November of this year? Absolutely. In November, we are launching what we call the Medallion Class Experience on Princess Cruises. And what Medallion Class Experience does is it connects every guest into what we call an experiential IoT uh, aboard a uh, Princess cruise ship, the Regal Princess, and basically takes out all the friction and complexity of engaging with experiences while simultaneously personalizing them to each and every individual. Essentially, what we're doing is we're democratizing elite service to everybody. So, John, that's sort of, I mean, not to be punny about it, but that's sort of a sea change. What was the origin and idea in terms of bringing that kind of technology and those kinds of experiences onto the cruises? Well, the the true origin uh, of the idea was back in um, the late 2000s when um, I was devising the Magic Band at Walt Disney World and the notion of changing the experience orientation from the what you experience to how you experience. And the hypothesis at the time was if we could connect guests, we could take out the friction and make the consumption of experiences simple and seamless across an entire vacation. And so that went on to uh, really uh, tremendous success and is still probably the most successful implementation of any connected and wearable technology in the world. Um, but this is, turns out to be a next level. This is about assuming that simplicity is the baseline and now can we actually personalize an experience to each and every individual in real time uh, so it's <clears throat> essentially everyone has their own personal concierge with them at all the time making sure their vacation is fabulous. So there's a heavy focus on the experience, the emotional connection. How did you, how did you think of that going in? It's very interesting is when you use the term experience because in these days, the only word used more than experience is innovation. And so they happen to be both in my title, experience and innovation. But uh, effectively is that the term experience is really something distinctive and different. As written in Joe Pine and uh, Gilmore's book on the experience economy, there's commodities, there's products, there's services, and the next progression is experiences. With the rise of digital, so often experiences is now used synonymous with a digital interface. And from our perspective, an experience is an emotional connection with our guests that you create through memories and experiences and engagement with the world. Could be engagement with people, could be engagement with cultures and places. And being in the vacation business primarily, that's where you create the memories, that's where you create the emotion. And I like to say that personalization of memories is priceless, uh, and thus it really transcends the comparability that you get in products and services, which typically are price comparability and or feature comparability. But we're about really moving and changing people's perspective on the world. Yeah, it does seem that, as I, as I said, did, did background for this, that there was a, an intention around creating an anticipation for the journey itself, a set of experiences that fulfilled that anticipation and the ability to recall it through private memories, as you described it, uh, personal memories, as you described it, sort of to make the cruise larger, more durable, and much 
a broader part of the life versus sort of just a simple vacation. That seemed very intentional on your part. Exactly. And this notion of broadening the engagement and maintaining the engagement is fundamental and intentional. Uh, we actually start the medallion class experience in the home when they receive their medallion personalized and customized to them based on their preferences and choices. And so at that moment in time, which could be weeks before they ever, um, the guest ever comes onto a cruise ship, they're starting to think about their experience and they're excited that you've gifted them something that's going to make their experience better. You didn't start the entire experience out with, can I sell you something? Because it's not about selling. It's about engaging. Uh, in fact, we're uh, advancing our entire business model. We have a term that I use that's called guest centricity. And guest centricity is about rebuilding, reconstructing, and reformulating your entire business model around the guest versus your product or service or so-called experience be a function of your business model. Why now, John? Why, why make this transition or this transformation more accurately now? The reason now, there's a macro and micro answer to that. On a macro uh, standpoint, the experience economy is real. People uh, really, truly value experiences because of the limited time they have in life that's so hectic and dynamic and um, pervasive with information hitting you all the time. Mm -hmm. There's very seldom that people get the time to set back and really take in the world, take in the experiences, and take in different perspectives. Now, from a technology standpoint, the time is now because technology, all technology is ultimately a commodity. And what you're seeing here with medallion class is that technology truly becomes secondary and a supporting actor in staging experiences, where most of the travel industry likes to claim that they have the latest in technology. We may have the latest in technology, but guests don't care about technology. Right. Guests care about experiences. Yes. So we've gone to extraordinary lengths to make sure that the technology becomes embedded in the experiential environments. We minimize the perception of connectivity by hoping that the medallion itself is not even conceived as a piece of technology because it has no on-off button. You don't charge it. You don't associate it. You don't do anything with it. You just have to have it. And so this, we believe, will allow guests to leave behind their mobile phone or set their mobile phone aside because we don't want the guests to see the world through a 3 by 5 screen. We want them to see the world in the biggest picture but still have all the benefits that exist through the connection into the Internet and the Internet of Things and the connectivity world, which we all know is an amplifier to experiences and an enabler of experiences, but it is not the experience. And, John, can I turn back to the, the concept of guest centricity for a second, which is I, I, your guests, I'm sure, come in all different age groups. How did you think about that spectrum of, of age groups or capabilities or even interest in technology as you thought about experiences that are sure shared by them all? Well, that is a massive question and one that we could probably talk and explore for, for hours. But I will uh, relate that back to a premise that we have, is that every guest is an individual, and every individual can have many personas. And we're very, very careful not to stereotype or segment. I believe market segmentation 
and guest segmentation is a bit, uh, you know, is a time well past because I don't see those limitations based on typical demographics, age, sex, any of those things don't really matter in our mind. What we're focused on is making sure that information and connectivity that we're using through the medallion allows us to real-time adjust and adapt and experience to each individually, personally. And we take great care to take any of the tech fears out of it because we are inclusive. We want everyone's experience to be awesome, and we're focused on raising the level of experience for everyone. Yeah, it seems like at the core of this is this this concept of, as opposed to humans wrapping themselves around a technology context and navigating apps or navigating technology interfaces, what have you, it seems like core to this thinking is wrapping technology around the human context, around a human being and different human beings will behave differently with experiences and allowing the experiences and the, and the preferences that are sort of shared there to be different among people. That seems like to the core of this design. That's exactly right. Um, and you see that with the medallion itself, meaning that there's nothing really you can do wrong with it. You can't hurt it. You can't break <laughs> it. You don't have to do anything with it. But also this notion of wrapping the physical world and our physical assets, our cruise ships, our islands, our motor coaches, with a what we call our experience operating system, our XIOT. Basically, it's a digital layer that wraps everything physical. And so now there's a digital stage for all experiences. And then the portal to that digital stage is actually unified across any piece of glass. So whether that is a TV in your stateroom, a what is typically called digital signage or public displays, or a mobile device, or your computer at your home um, on a classic web interface, we've unified all interactions so the guest is not burdened with learning different access points to the digital dimension of their experience. And then the medallion actually connects them with that digital layer persistently. So whenever the guests engage in the digital dimension of their experience, it's the context is already set. And that actual interaction is so basic, it's just oriented around what we believe is the most fundamental um, attribute of anyone's life, which is time. And so we know that and believe that anyone can understand time. So our entire interaction model for this entire next-level guest experience is as simple as carrying a medallion and knowing a timeline. In that timeline, you can navigate into the future or the past, which you mentioned earlier with respect to ensuring that we maintain the memories and the connections. Yeah, and it seems like one of those experiences that I'll, that I'll focus on is simply getting on the boat itself, getting on the ship. And the the idea that it's a rather simple notion that people don't like lines, but it often gets baked into the normal business model, operating model of, of companies and industries that there's lines and that's a normal thing. How did you How did you convince others that not having lines is normal and having lines is not normal and actually kind of a hassle? Right. I, I became uh, passionate about that in my Disney days when I uh, arrived FastPass Plus. And the notion of FastPass Plus was creating a theme park with no lines because, in theory, a line doesn't accomplish anything. And so people, every second, every minute that a guest is in any form of line, 
they're not consuming an experience. And if they're not consuming an experience, you're not maximizing their experience. If you're not maximizing their experience, you're not maximizing their price value. And at the end of the day, the number one driver in all experience business is price value or what I like to call bang for the buck. It's not cheap. It's not expensive. It's how much experiential value do I have in this amount of time and how does this company or, you know, in this case, Carnival Corporation or any of our particular cruise brands, how do we add value during that time you are giving us? So there's two, there's two forms of revolution, you know, those experiences that you're creating that are re- revolutionary for your guests. And the one that I want to focus on for audience is that sort of committing the revolution within Carnival, because this is a very different way of thinking. So could you talk about the principles that underlied this change? Exactly. So it's a very interesting world in the sense that people like to talk about disruption in startups. And if people really objectively analyze disruptions in startups, <laughs> it's minuscule in the whole scheme of things. Yes, you have you know the Facebooks and the Googles and the Twitters, but when you look over the last uh, 10, 15 years, and if you could ever do the math on how many attempts, the probability of success is so slim that I'm not sure that is the right place to bet true innovation. I think we're moving into an era of enterprise innovation. And it's when large enterprises such as the Carnival Corporation have realized methods by which startups use, but then combine those with the scale and the financial wherewithal of enterprises to do even bigger changes when you have enough guts. And we, the, the most, and people ask me all the time, what is the most important ingredient in enterprise innovation? And I say the CEO, because the CEO has to be committed to changing something that is working, because a successful enterprise that can afford to innovate, by definition, needs to be successful and not in a survival mode. If they're in a survival mode, you've already proven that you can't <laughs> innovate. So, you know, the key is to take the, you know, the Disney's of the world, the uh, Carnival corporations of the world, the Marriotts and Starwoods of the world uh, that are extremely successful in what they're doing. So thus, there's no real reason to change, but then having the CEO and leadership that know that change in business is constant and you have to keep pushing the envelope or someone else will. And so we have a great CEO at Carnival Corporation, Arnold Donald, I mean, amazing amazing leader. And I would say that is the most important ingredient in uh, really advancing an enterprise. So John, you made the changes when things were actually in good shape. And so to a lot of folks, they struggle with making changes when things are okay, because it goes to the, the problems of change management. So how did you think of change management from the leadership down through the officers and crew? And just to make sure that they could be comfortable with technology, comfortable with the change of their roles, that type of thing. Any change is not too comfortable to almost anyone. And so it's always a little messier than people would like to believe. And it's always a little bit uh, more uncomfortable than people would like. But at the end of the day, if the experience is awesome and it's awesome for the guest and it's awesome for the crew, then 
all of a sudden everyone changes on a dime. But until you get to that moment of realization when that next level experience is actually implemented and that first guest steps on the ship with a medallion, uh, most people will remain uncomfortable. But back to the core of your question is, well, then how do you inspire change to get people to move forward with change knowing those dynamics? And uh, what my focus typically is and my team's focus is establishing a clear vision and demonstrating a clear vision and then setting the framework by which you can talk about the potential that exists around a true vision. Then innovation just becomes the method to achieve that particular vision. Uh, And so innovation is not the focus. The strategy and vision is the focus, and innovation is just a method to do that. But you have to um, create a vision in a very compelling way, in a very engaging way, in a physical and digital way, uh, that engaging an enterprise in an experience is just as important as engaging a consumer in the experience when you're trying to motivate um, action and change and belief. So, John, can you talk about who you worked with across the organization to bring this vision to life? Obviously, there are tech folks involved, and uh, to Victor's point, you know, the crew and the training of that. So, can you dig a little bit deeper there? Yeah, certainly. The The short answer is everybody. Yep. Um, but it's grounded in the formation of my particular team and how um, we assemble ourselves as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have experts in all types of disciplines, whether it's creative, whether it's tech, whether it's operations, whether it's uh, entertainment. All those disciplines are represented on my team, but we don't lead with any particular discipline. We lead with the guest and being fundamentally holistic around the guest. Uh, And then the diverse um, skills and experiences we call on to enable the progress towards that particular vision. But we don't organize ourselves like a typical hierarchical business in spaces because I like to tell people that I can go into virtually any uh, consumer-facing business in the world and I can draw their organizational chart in probably 15 or 20 minutes by the way the guest interaction or consumer interaction is created. And guest and consumers do not need to consume a business's organization chart. And because what that does is it creates breaks in the consumer uh, interaction and engagement. And to use a a specific cruise ship as an example, traditionally um, operations of a cruise ship would be uh, divided by lodging, food, beverage, entertainment, recreation, excursion, and so forth and so on. And all of those verticals have been evolved somewhat independently through the years, which then, if you think about a guest walking through an experience with that organization, is they will fall in between the verticals, which you can visualize the breaks in an overall end-to-end guest experience. And so what our focus is, is 
having people and having team that can th- look horizontally across that story arc and not see any dips because we want a cohesive and a persistent and a unified guest interaction because that's what a guest deserves. <laughs> You're there to serve them. They're not there to serve you. And that's a hard one for a lot of companies because there's an increased um, use of the word customer in annual reports and different presentations. And But you know, maybe to your point, what happens is there's still a design around the existing organizational chart, the existing business model, and there's a lot of use of the words agility and innovation, that type of thing. But actually changing the design, truly changing the design to the guest as the starting point and the end point is, is really rather a stark change in the way of thinking. How did you get everyone grounded in the guest really being the center design versus simply sort of a, a narrative or a talk track? Well, it's, it, it, uh, it goes actually back to the, our CEO in this particular uh, equation at Carnival, which is we have a very clear strategy at Carnival Corporation, which is focus on the guest and leverage our scale. And as long as we focus on the guest and leverage our scale, value is going to be created for the enterprise. And that is very different from selling vacations and selling onboard revenue items. And on the cruise ship, this experience platform, um, I, I suspect that underneath that sits a very clever use of data as a currency, meaning you are now generating data before someone arrives on the ship, certainly generating a significant amount of data on the ship and then connecting to the social networks and after. How did you think of data as a currency sort of underlying the, the experience platform? I, I love that question because it delineates between if you're truly guest-centric or you're operation-centric. I reject the term big data because big data is what most people are doing because they're collecting information from their consumers and from their guests, by which then they analyze through, quote, data scientists, et cetera, and then decide whether to implement a operational change or an experience enhancement or fuel marketing tactics. To me, that is fundamentally inconsistent with being guest-centric because if I'm on vacation and my connectivity created information, and that information is not used in real time to improve my experience right then, then my information only helped the next consumer. But I'm not compensated nor uh, on vacation to help the next guy. I'm on vacation to maximize my current time on vacation. So we call it experience intelligence. And the difference between experience intelligence and big data is in real time, based on a guest interaction in physical space, in digital space, or human interactions, that information is created in fractions of a second and plowed immediately back in to maximizing that guest experience literally in that multiple second time frame. And to me, that then takes the relationship with a guest to the next level that says that as long as we're engaged, I'm maximizing your experience. And that is, a, I think, a next level uh, concept when you think about connectivity of consumers and enterprises in that relationship and who owes who what. 
and if the guests are going to yield information to us, we're going to use that information to maximize their experience in real time. How did you think of this architecturally, meaning going all the way down to the system or systems of records so that the entire stack was working on your behalf and working to this vision? And even the ecosystem too, right? Your partners and how they connect. It's a, it's a great question, and it's actually fundamental to this overall strategy. One could argue this is an experiential intelligence project masquerading <laughs> as a guest experience project, but they're, they're actually one and the same. It's synonymous. Guest experience equals experience intelligence. And that's what makes the cruise industry, and uh, ironically, a cruise ship, the best stage for this next-level IoT uh, realization and what, I, what we call our XIoT, our experiential IoT. The fundam- we, so to answer the question on how we think about it architecturally, we created the architecture ourselves. We engineered every device, every sensor, the entire uh, uh, data collection, communication, processing, and intelligence is all organic and all proprietary. And we did that to create this holy grail of investing the guest information back in them in real time through our overall connectivity um, you know, model. So effectively, uh, we have computing power on the edge, way, way, way on the edge that allows all the complexity of transmission and storage to be minimized in that experiential moment. But then we have multiple layers by which different levels of analysis can be done with different amounts of what I would call horsepower, commuting horsepower at different levels. But really it's about moving computing and intelligence to the edge to inform the experience delivery in real time. And that's that's the game changer in doing this. So John, with data and data as a currency um, and consumer data comes privacy concerns. So how is Carnival dealing with whether it's the reality of privacy concerns or the perception of privacy concerns for their guests? It's a, it's a very, very important question and something that we uh, spent a tremendous amount of time ensuring that um, we were very comfortable with our overall positioning in that space. Mm-hmm. And I'll describe to you how we think about it. First of all, tactically, uh, the most um, visual component of our XIOT is the medallion itself. And the medallion itself actually transmits zero personal information ever. Mm-hmm. The, basically, the medallion is simply a license plate for an individual that is composed of meaningless string of numbers and characters. And those numbers and characters are transmitted via Bluetooth, standard industry Bluetooth, but are triple encrypted in a way that even if the encryption could ever be broken, uh, which is not forecasted for, I think, 30 to 35 years on this particular method that we use, um, which always could change. But, uh, you know, we're, we're at the highest end of um, any private sector uh, encryption methodologies. Uh, but even if that was broken, it's meaningless because your the guest information is never shared or transmitted in that way. We're 
abstracted, were tokenized, were encrypted. Um, now, within the experience itself, the agreement with the guest is that we will use your your information to improve your experience. And the guest has to make an elective selection if they ever choose or elect for us to use it for any marketing and sales activities. So that's an affirmative selection, not a uh, assumed selection. As it relates to some of the most um, progressive and appropriate regulations with EU being the leader in the privacy space, we designed our entire platform to be guest-centric in, in the sense that the guests can ask us to forget. And if they ask us to forget, we will forget. And we're actually working on some advanced methods by if the guest chooses for the, us to ever remember, they are in control of us remembering. But mm-hmm. at, the, at, the, at the most basic level, we've already um, accomplished what most people are chasing, which is how do you cr- disconnect? Once you create connections and you create individual information, how do you truly, truly forget it? And we're engineered from that by the core. We're very gifted in the sense that we were able to start with a clean slate. Most enterprises um, do not do that, and thus they're remediating the privacy situation, whereas that we engineered it to be fundamentally um, secure and private and compliant with the ability to, for us to forget. So in this discussion, John, it, you've reimagined a set of experiences, you've re-architected technology to work on behalf of the human, and you've re-engineered a business model to be um, guest-centric. As you've gone through this process, and you're, you're going to be live in November, what is the big learning that you have that the audience would take away from? What, what, is it, what would it mean to them to kind of be able to achieve that same thing? Well, I think that my, my most prolific learning but I honestly, it's a consistent learning. I learned it at Disney, and I've learned it at Carnival, um, that it's not about the tech. It's about the people. And technology is just a tool. But transformation and advancing you know, the enterprise around the consumer and guests is all about changing the way you do business, which is especially in the experiential world, is done through people. And so people and change management of all levels of the organization is always um, the most uh, sensitive and complicated aspect of any initiative such as this one. Well, John, this has been a great conversation. We appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, John. My pleasure. Join John and other leaders from SoFi, Peloton, SoundHound, and more who will share how they fostered innovation within their brands to create breakaway customer experiences at our CX Forum in New York on June 20th and 21st. For more information and to reserve your seat, visit 4.com slash CXNYC2017. That's F-O-R-R dot com slash CXNYC2017. Thanks for listening. <laughs>